Let's pray. Gracious God, help us to abide in you, the living vine. May the words of my lips and the meditations of us all individually and collectively bear much fruit to your glory and serve to grow your kingdom in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last week we began to unpack a bit the concept of fruitfulness and how we're invited to be co-creators with God in unfolding his kingdom story, God's overarching timeless story in which our story finds its meaning and purpose. We know that being a disciple is all about bearing fruit, living fruitful lives that bring glory to God. The Great Commission sends us out to live our lives, our ordinary everyday lives, but to do so in a way that reflects God's work in and through us. And fruitfulness is to be manifest on the front line of our daily experiences and relationships. Well, today we continue through our um, sermon series, which is entitled M Powered for Fruitfulness. And today we're going to look at the first of the M's, modelling godly character. Who has written their godly character on your heart? I've known a few, but very few. If we look at the fruit of the Spirit listed in Galatians 5, we can probably call to mind someone who is patient, another who's gentle, another who's high on the self-control scale. But it's much harder to call to mind someone who exhibits all these fruits all the time or even most of the time. At the end of our life, what do we want to be remembered for? Well, it's an important question to ask because it shapes how we live. And it's never too late to ask that question. For me, I don't want people to remember what I did. But I would really be happy if people remembered what I stood for and how I lived that out on a daily basis. How I allowed God to shine through, even in the darkest times. How I lived for and like Jesus. What fruit did I deliberately nurture to maturity in my life? Well, praise God, we're all a work in progress because I'm nowhere near that yet. But that's my aim. That's my hope. But, of course, this is not about personality. The New Testament doesn't actually ever describe anyone's personality. No, the writers were much more interested in describing their character. Were they faithful? Were they courageous? Were they kind? Were they wise? things that have nothing whatsoever to do with how serious or playful 
or introverted or extroverted or anxious or confident one might be. The questions are rather focused on the extent to which our faith, our hope or our love leads to the kind of character that responds appropriately to God, to circumstances and to Godly character isn't about always being nice. Christians are not meant to float through life with an aura of serene detachment and a holy smile plastered across their face, as if nothing ever touches them. Neither are we all meant to be spiritual Labrador puppies, bouncing about full of exuberance and happiness all the time. Spiritual gifts and spiritual fruit that is born from that are more enduring. They operate at the deepest levels of our being and they shine through our daily living on the way in our ordinary life and relationships. Spiritual fruitfulness will point past the individual and straight to God. It can't help but do so. And bearing spiritual fruit is not the same thing as being nice all the time. Jesus wasn't always nice. He was not just the one who calmly allowed himself to be nailed to a cross. He was. But he was also the one who courageously set his face to go to Jerusalem knowing what awaited him. He's the one who calmly made himself a whip to eject the money um, changes from the temple. He's the one who called the scribes and the Pharisees a brood of vipers and whitewashed tombs. He's the one who deliberately stirred up his hometown by claiming to be the Messiah. He's the one who shook the status quo by eating and drinking with sinners and allowing a disreputable woman to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with her hair. The one who rebuked his dinner host for not treating him properly. The one who told stories with morals that made his listeners bristle with offence. Jesus was not always nice, as we might define it. His faithfulness to his mission, his obedience to his father, and his love for the people he encountered along the way demanded much more of him. Modelling godly character is letting the life of Christ flow in and through us. It's about exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit in tough times as well as easy times. And Paul's list in Galatians 5 is quite daunting. The situation into which he was writing was quite different in many ways to ours. But regardless of the circumstances, living out love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control 
living these things out on our front lines every day is pretty challenging. And doing so in ways that people can trust us and have confidence in which version of us that they might encounter on a given day, that's not easy. Stability, reliability, consistency, these are rare qualities in a culture driven by feelings, hedonistic desires, individualism and entitlement. Modelling godly character is not just about what kind of person am I, but what kind of person am I all the time? Am I grounded or am I flighty? Am I grafted into the vine or am I trying to live as a sole branch pretending to be a vine? Only the true vine can cause us to bear the fruit of the spirit that will last. In our own strength, of course, none of this is possible. But Paul reminds us that we are new creations in Christ. We're not what we once were, nor do we have to stay that way. When we were caterpillars, there were only two ways to fly, either on the back of a leaf or in the beak of a bird, and neither of those is particularly appealing, let's face it. But now we're butterflies. And as the song says, we thank God for giving us wings. We are new creatures with new capacities. That's the way God designed it. God doesn't just give us new capacities. He also gives us new fuel, fills the tank so that we can make the journey. His spirit working in and through us. This gracious and generous spirit wants to work in us more and more. Wanting not only to point us towards Jesus, but to make us more like Jesus. I am who I am, but I am becoming something different, something more like Jesus. Let's face it, this is the only way we can actually seriously contemplate modelling godly character. Jesus' invitation to us to live fruitful lives doesn't mean we have to do so in our own strength. It's not about gritting our teeth and squeezing out a smidgen of patience or a grain of kindness for that really annoying person or emitting an atom of gentleness when we really want to practice some home orthodontics on a belligerent colleague or a bullying boss. Paul doesn't say that the fruit of the Spirit is doing loving things. It's not doing kind things. It's not doing gentle things. Although no doubt a person who is full of love will do these things. No, the fruit of the Spirit is the living presence of these qualities in us. God does do loving things, but he does them because he is love. He just can't help it. 
any more than an apple tree can prevent itself from producing apples and suddenly decide to produce bananas. God's spirit forms the quality of love in us, making us love trees. God makes us patience trees so that our responses can somehow not be anything but patient. We can't help it. The reality, however, of our brokenness, the scars we bear, or the unhealed wounds that we carry, these things can mar the image of God in us and they can stunt our growth capacities and hence our fruit-bearing potential. I've been listening to a song over the last couple of weeks and some of the lyrics say this. You're not broken. There's just things I want to mend. We can start over again. I find great comfort in those words when I'm struggling with my own lack of self-sufficiency. It's a good thing to get to that point, but as human beings, we like to get to the end of that point, don't we? Before we start to rely on God. And sometimes we can feel quite broken in that process. And sometimes we are quite broken in that process. But when we open these broken and hurting parts of ourselves to God's healing through his spirit, the quality of character that God's forged within us becomes so strong that, that it can overcome even the deepest of wounds. In Christ's strength, we can become a new creation. We can leave our caterpillariness, if that's a word, behind us and become a butterfly. God desires wholeness for us. And wholeness is reflected in the fruit that we're able to bear. And such wholeness is only possible when we are totally reliant on God's spirit. From our readings today, we can see that we cannot model godly character in our own strength. We can't do it. But there are two things that we can do. Firstly, we can live by the spirit. And secondly, and just as importantly, we can crucify the sinful nature with its passions and desires, as it says in chapter 5, verse 24. If we're going to model godly character, then we need to open ourselves to respond to the promptings of the Spirit obediently. And we also must seek to become aware of how our sinful nature continues to express itself. And then we can proactively seek God's help in transforming these behaviours. Now, in verses 19 to 21 in Galatians 5, Paul lists these behaviours. And at a first glance, we can, hopefully, anyway, <laughs> we can dismiss some of them immediately. But let's not be too quick to pat ourselves on the back. Let's take a closer look. Lustful pleasures. What feels good now? 
idolatry. Anything that replaces God as the number one priority in my life. Maybe family. Maybe our precious me time. My job. My hobby. The list goes on. Hostility. Quarrelling. Jealousy. Outbursts of anger. Selfish ambition. Reflecting the me culture in which we are immersed. Dissension. Division. You get the point. Challenges to character not only come when we're under intense pressure, but they also come to light and perhaps even more powerfully when life is relatively easy. Evil usually takes hold when something good becomes just a little bit twisted or distorted so subtly that we don't even notice it at first. We cut a corner here. We make a convenient shift in our priorities there. We make excuses. Ongoing metanoia, which is the New Testament term for turning around, repenting, refocusing on Christ. That's what's needed here. And it comes from reflection and repentance. Our front line isn't just a primary context for mission. It's a primary context, though it's not the only one, for Jesus to teach us how to become more like Jesus. And we know from experience that God loves to work in and through us, through the people and encounters we come into contact with, and the situations and the decisions we face each day, day by day by day. Paul encourages us in today's readings in that he summarises it all as freedom. Christ's grace and love frees us from the power of sin. And it also frees us, I found this term during the week, I love it, from the hamster wheel of legalism, the hamster wheel of legalism, of our vain efforts to try and try and try and try to do the right thing in our own strength. Christ's love, Paul assures us, graces us with the deep assurance of his love, which gives us joy and peace and allows us to be other-centred. As John puts it in his letter, his first letter, we love because God first loved us. We love because God first loved us. And as we begin to recognise more deeply just how lavish God's mercy and love is, we are given an ever-expanding understanding of who God is and of what he's done for us 
and continues to do for us. When we realise just how patient and gracious God is with us, this will begin to express itself in both our attitudes and our actions. One shapes the other. Right attitudes lead to godly behaviours and right behaviours also begin to shape our attitudes. Doing the right thing, being committed to discerning and doing the right thing, even if it's through gritted teeth initially. But doing what we know we should, even when we don't want to or we don't feel like it, this can enable us and inspire us to do the right thing the next time with a smile. Godly character is shaped and modelled one small step at a time. Let us pray. Father, thank you that you want me to become more like your son. Grant me that same desire. Forgive my cherishing of ungodly thoughts and my persistence in ungodly actions. Work in and through me by your spirit that I might turn from the darkness of my sin and walk in the light of your grace. To your glory may it be. Amen. And as you reflect this week on your fruitfulness, on your front line, may you grow in your desire, your willingness and your capacity to model godly character. The Lord be with you.